0: Time for today's Spotlight, and on this Monday, we have uh, a special guest with us. Superintendent Eric Olson from the Monticello School District is with us today to talk about the uh, referendum that's going to be going on as a part of the Election Day voting, and uh, that's in the Monticello District. And, uh, Eric, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Tim.
0: It's uh, a, a extremely busy election year, as we all know. And um, besides the elected offices that are on the ballot in some places, including your school district, some other very important votes, too. uh, Talk a little bit about uh, some of the history of how the Monticello District got to the point of uh, getting ready to go for a a referendum for this uh, uh, Tuesday, Election Day in November.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, biggest thing for us, as we, um, as, as the school board and um, district office administration um, discussed ha- going for a referendum, um, really the, the the big components that uh, geared us towards that was, were budget cuts, and we had um, three years of cuts, very significant cuts, and um, it, they it totaled two point seven five million dollars um, over that three year span. And so that, um, you know, left the school board with a with a decision, um, and we were slated to make that decision um, in April last spring, and then uh, something called COVID hit, and um, we just decided to not uh, announce it and start a seven month campaign like we were um, planning to do so, and instead we just debated it all the rest of the summer to see if it was the right time or if we should go for it, and um, and then we in the end decided in August to um put
0: it on the ballot talk a little bit about you, you mentioned what uh, sort of precipitated that uh, two years running of of uh, cuts that's uh, that's tough for any district to sustain
1: yeah, you know, and, and the hard part of when, when you do have to go through cuts is, um, you know, you take, you know, the first year you try to take care of, um, you know, the outside of the onion and um, try to take care of things that are, you know, maybe least impactful to the classroom. But, you know, once you get to that third year, you're, we were really starting to get towards the classroom and our class sizes were were raising and um, that that's hard to, to handle as a superintendent and as a school board so um, yeah so that one after that third year when when you were really starting to get and have it be impact impacting the classroom that's when we decided that uh, you know we needed to uh, do something about it and um, you, you know the, the two things that you can do to um, help financial um status of a district is you can increase, um, you know, revenue, um, which is actually hard to do because um, it, it goes to the uh, per-pupil aid from the state, but it also, um, you can reduce uh, budget expenses. So we reduced budget expenses um, for those three years in order to get our, um, our uh, money up to a po- uh, fund balance up to a point that was acceptable per board policy. And um, that left us with, uh, you know, reducing the expenses and not being able to um, control our own revenue um, as, as much as we would like to. And, and, and in the end, that's what we're going to do now, is we're going to try to take matters into our own hands with an uh, operating levy in hopes that we can reduce it, or we can increase some of our revenue.
0: And is there a timetable um, on this as far as uh, is it set for a certain length of time or is this uh, just a, a general um, one time type uh improvement
1: yeah it's a it's a six year so that 's what we currently have right now is six years um, uh, we have a current operating levy and so it's a um, which lasts for six more years and so we have it for that length of time
0: okay. Um, We're talking with Eric Olson, superintendent of schools in uh, the Monticello School District about the uh, referendum that will be on the ballot in that district on November the 3rd. Uh, You've got a very good um, kind of a, you know, point by point uh, display on the uh, district website about the uh, the fact sheet on the referendum. Again, just over six million dollars. Maybe you want to talk a little bit again about um, the benefits as far as the classroom, the transportation, technology, some of those things that uh, that could be uh, bettered if uh, this goes ahead.
1: Yeah, so during the um, three-year stretch when we were doing the cutting, um, like I said, we did end up getting to that middle part of the onion, and the, the, we had nine uh, sections of uh classrooms that were, were cut and combined in order to raise the class sizes at the elementary level, and then nine at the secondary level, so middle school and um, high school. So when you are talking 18 um, certified positions and then also um, a sprinkling of other non-certified positions, so um, a custodial position um, to a combo uh, of FTEs of paraprofessionals and then also an the admin position, um, when you add all those up, um, you, that, that's very impactful. So we know that those that are going to be our first priorities of, of bring back is to um, get bring those back, and that should immediately help um, reduce our lower class sizes. Now, with COVID this year, it's kind of unique, but you know our elementary class sizes are actually pretty decent this year because in order to bring students in in person, um, every day, we had to do additional hiring, and we were able to use our CARES dollars and um, and do some of those hire, hires in order to spread our students out and, and make it safe for them to bring back. So when I talk class sizes this year, um, I really have to you know go back to the pre-COVID, which that's ultimately what we'll have to go back um, to after CARES dollars are um, you know uh, spent for this uh, school year.
0: Was looking at the uh, some of the other points on the uh, fact sheet here, and one uh, really sticks out to me the uh, the fact that's pointed out here that uh, the district Monticello's district is uh, 299th out of 330 for total revenue per pupil. That um, boy, uh, how does the district uh, get that far down on the list? That seems a little amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. One of the things that um, a lot of people um, that don't know a lot about school finance um, that we can point to when we when we dive into numbers like this, so um, the bulk of uh, your aid that uh, a school district gets comes from your um, general, um, you know, aid from the state. And so that's where a bulk of it, so that's where $7,275 of our money comes from. And then the other funding sources that uh, each school district has is it has a referendum um, uh, money that they can uh, generate revenue from and then special education uh, revenue source from the state and then also long-term facility maintenance, which is – uh, money that the state allows us to levy um, a certain amount uh, per year. So when you add all those up, um, those are that, those are our major revenue sources, and that's what puts us in that 299th um, uh, number, 299 out of 320. And why that's important to us is we are a district that has very very slow, steady growth. So not not um, anything uh, that you know, allows us to, you know, grow what, like by 50 students, which can greatly impact a, a budget and allow you to do some extra things because of the increased revenue from the state. But when you just do slow um, growth, what h- ends up happening is you want to offer everything that all your local competing districts are offering, are offering, but you're not really, um, you know, generating uh, additional revenue. And so as time goes on, you know, we all are trying to do what we can as a school district and, and same with all those neighboring school districts, trying to balance bringing in um, programs and and offerings for your kids in order to be competitive um, without any additional revenue, or in our case, um, with a revenue stream that um, seems, you know, light in comparison to some some of our neighbors and some of the other people in the state.
0: We're talking about the uh, Monticello School District uh, 2020 referendum, which will be a part of the general election ballot in that uh, school district area. Monticello School Superintendent Eric Olson is our guest. Obviously, you've talked with, I'm sure, many groups um, uh, on this on a person-to-person basis or maybe uh, in light of COVID, more of a, a Zoom-type basis. But um, what kinds of things are are people saying um what kinds of things are being asked uh what do people have questions about
1: Yeah I think the you know the biggest questions um you know when I when we first started going out into the community we did um, ask pre questions. So before we went um, and, and announced at a school board meeting in August that we were going for um, an operating levy, we did go to civic organizations and ask people what they thought of. And and at that time, I would say that um, it was still pretty raw. You know, we're all trying to reimagine ourselves um, uh, through the, the COVID times here. And and so I think that was more the animated or um, you know maybe. Not so maybe maybe a little bit more uh, non-friendly conversations. You know, people not wanting their taxes to go up, whether they're homeowners or business owners, um, people frightened by hearing that. Um, so that was you know you know more of the June July conversations. And I would say ever since then, of the conversations and questions you know obviously are more about you know why, where where exactly are the um, the dollar is going to go. And so those are the things that um, we've been, you know, answering uh, more, more detailed questions. I think at the beginning, and uh, like I said, in June, July, was more principal. Why now? Um, and then, at, you know, and then later on, as, as the summer um, wound down and, and as into the fall here, people wanted to know exactly what we're going to do with the money. So um, we will be releasing a, a sheet that Um, a document that added to this website page that um, will show where every um, penny of the um, dollars would be spent if the operating levy were to pass.
0: Well, as property owners um, know, of course, um, this is a a situation where uh, the levy is raised and it would be, uh, in fact, I think the the question even has to indicate that uh, by voting yes, you would be voting for a tax increase. Maybe give you a little time here to kind of break that down a little bit. Um, probably most people that are interested in it have seen it, but in case not, or if other areas have interest uh, in that and how it would affect, um, you know, certain brackets of property value, maybe you want to touch on that.
1: Sure. I'll just, um, you know, uh, throw out some some dollar values and and home prices. And so for um, a $100,000 home, um, the annual tax increase would be $197 or $16 a month. Um, And then um, a $200,000 home um, would be $394 annually or um, $33 per month, Um, going up to like a $300,000 home, $591 annually um, or $49 per month. Um, looking at some um, property values was a little bit higher, so I'll get into some of the ones that could potentially even be some business ones, but like a, a $400,000 home um, or business going up $788 annually or 66 per month. Um, and then I'll pick a couple uh, larger ones, um, a $700,000 uh, property value going up $1,379 per year or $115 per month. Um, and then a, um, a uh, maybe the like a, a two million dollar property would go up three thousand nine hundred forty one dollars per year or three hundred twenty eight dollars per month.
0: Yeah, so uh, there is you know some impact, and I'm I'm sure absolutely. that uh, you know there is no question that you've you've had uh, as you say some some questions about that, and and now it seems to be turning a little bit toward. Uh, uh, value of, of the dollars invested.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, you know, one of the f- first conversations that I get to have. In fact, I had a, um, two, uh, community coffee chats this past weekend. And, and when that question comes up, I think the uh, most important thing that I want all um, homeowners and, and property owners um, to know is that we totally understand as a district that everybody has their own story. And, um, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we don't go out there and say you, you have to vote yes or else uh, because you know that's just not what you do it's not number one it's not legal, but number two is it's not what in our, our what 's in our hearts no matter what happens like we are still going to educate children and we're still going to develop um, deep relationships with with everybody um, and, and that goes from parents to students to community members, and we take great pride in those relationships and and that's why I do think that as um the conversation has changed to more detailed questions. I do believe it's because of the um, relationships that we have built with our community um, as a school district. Um, We have great relationships with our city, with our county, um, and with uh, the business organizations and um, great partnerships. and, and, And so... It's about listening, and when, when we get into those conversations, that's the first thing that I want to do is I want to make sure people know that uh, we know they have a story. Uh, we're listening to them. Um, obviously, we're hopeful that this passes. This, it, it allows us to um, even the playing field and not have to work so hard at uh, um, finding um, unique and creative ways or grants to keep adding and, and going for um, and, and while we try to keep up and add the things that we believe that all kids deserve right now. So, yeah, it's a, it's a balance, but I also want people to know that, uh, um, through that balance, um, the, the relationships that we've been able to make and through conversation across the community have been absolutely awesome. Um, it, they've been going well, and and um, I appreciate the thoughtful questions and and the deep questions. Um, they allow us to go back and to um, improve our message and um, and and keep and keep fine-tuning uh, what we have put on print in order to to keep living our model of of trying to serve every kid every day the best that we can.
0: It seems like the uh, programs that we've done on the topics of, uh, of levy referendums, and there have been many districts in the Ryan County area that uh, have gone out uh, for levy referendums over the last uh, several years. Um, it seems like one of the central themes a lot is that some of it is based on, and I don't want to dump this all on the state, but uh, that state funding at, at best seems like it. I'm hearing that it's, you know, while it's there, it's maybe not at the level that uh, some districts expected it was going to be, and there is still this uh, issue of uh, maybe not uh, necessarily a real level playing field uh, from district to district either.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, Tim, you really uh, um, nailed a, a great point. And um, along with that point, uh, um, you, what you're talking about is the uncertainty of um, educational funding. And and um, I know there are lobby, lobbyist groups out there called, uh, you know, the Schools for Equity in Education um, because there there is a, a disparity from, you know, from top to bottom. And there are reasons for those disparities, you know, whether there's you know money for sparsity or inner uh, city schools. Needing more, there's also a lot of unfunded mandates, um, you know, with both the federal um, government uh, with uh, fed, with uh, special education, uh, for example. Um, so there's a lot of things that um, that we have to do that we're obligated to do and that we're proud to do, but with with uh, those obligations come an increased um, price and come they come at a cost. And that's even before we start talking about uh, uh, COVID and, and how that's going to change the game for all school districts. Um, so one of the things that, you know, that we had to do over the summer is we had to uh, reimagine or um, we had to think about our community and we had to... Uh, Find ways to serve our students and, and families differently, and so we added some um, additional options for families like outdoor based education, um, and we're having great success. Um, but with that success, you know, we're going to have to, you know, ha- keep up that level of service. And so what it does is it just changes um, how we do business, which is good. We should always be reimagining, but being a- but serving students in different ways, um, you know, does- there-, there is a price attached to it. And so um, we hope to you know, get through COVID, we didn't want to lose any more than 50 students this particular year. Um, That was our our goal because we knew that people were going to be moving around. Um, There are districts that put in 100 or 150 um, or obviously bigger school districts putting in hundreds of students that potentially would be lost due to uh, movement through COVID. And we did lose 56 students as of, you know, as of last week. And so that was above our target, which is hard because that's, you know, there's one more um, expense that. We didn't budgeted for with the the aid that comes from those six students that that uh, you know that we had hoped to be able to retain, but we did go over that 50. So yeah, there's there's budget normal budget uh, years, and then there's also now there's COVID budget years, and so we're trying to uh, trying to navigate the uh, two um, e- extremes of of um, you know financial need from each one um, will come at a um, a huge undertaking for all school districts.
0: Two last things for you here, Eric. Uh, Eric Olson, our guest, Monticello School Superintendent, talking on the uh, referendum that will be on the ballot. Um, Just tell us, um, for those that have interest, uh, are there more uh, public conversations about this coming up, or if they have further questions, where do they get more info? And then uh, lastly, um, how is it going to appear on the ballot? And I'm assuming that uh, early voting is uh, already being done. Of course, in your district too. So that means, you know, maybe some people have already, um, you know, voted on this.
1: Yeah, and so you know, I'd like to start with that if I could, Tim. And so we we um, appreciate um, all the people who have been coming to our um, Saturday morning coffee chats with myself, and um, I'm have you know I'm been getting around to all the civic organizations. Um, we also have um, um, a, uh, an upcoming Saturday, October 24th virtual coffee chat. We're trying to, we've been doing some in the parks um, and then this will be the second virtual one. And so that one is at 9 o'clock and, and the link will be um, on our website. Um, along with some of the other uh, civic organizations that I'll be to prior to that one, um, we we took off this coming Saturday just because of um, you know the mea break and, and thinking that families would like to uh, be with their families instead of spending time having a coffee donut with me. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think in, in another point I'd like to um, make is. Uh, since, um, you know, the website is, is a great place for community members to go to, and like I said, one of the options that um, that you can click on is uh, you can, there's a video there, um, there are the tax uh, impact sh- sh- documentation there, um, and then as of tomorrow, there'll be a detailed document of, of uh, where each dollar would be spent if it were, t- were to pass. Um, and along with that, I just want want to make one more mention to one of the biggest reasons that school districts are faced with um, needing additional uh, revenue is is um, uh, everybody is taxed with a social emotional need, um, mental health crisis across the nation is um, uh, it ha- has been at all time highs and uh, COVID isn't helping this, and so being able to address the needs and the social emotional needs prior to um, you know, being able to go deeper with edu- uh, the content, educational uh, piece of education, is it really important? And so we know that uh, we want to get kids ready to learn, and in order to do that, we have to help them through um, the challenges that they've been um, going through socially emotionally. Um, so that's a big piece of this um, um, additional uh, referendum um, ask. Um, and then you had one other point, um, so on, on the ballot. Um, you will uh, so yes, people have been voting, and you know there's a, a, a copy of the absentee ballot that can a sample right on our website, and um, and so the school district question one just one question um, is on the lower right corner of that. So um, hopefully people uh, read through the whole uh, ballot and and uh, make sure that uh, they vote for all the different components on a ballot. So.
0: Um, and while the board, uh, certainly, you know, hopes that they can, um, you know, have a positive outcome on the uh, referendum, I think the big thing one way or the other is to vote, uh, you know, for or against, because, uh, uh if, if your vote is no, uh, I mean, the board needs to know that too, but obviously, uh, you would like to, uh, to make it a little easier for the district to uh, to continue its operations, but uh, important to know one way or the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with anything, um, whether it's a, a test that a student takes or whether it's voting, um, a lot of information uh, can be gleaned from the results um, from a voting or assessment, and um, this will help guide us if, um, if it passes. Obviously, um, we have the fun work of, of uh, putting um, together the uh, additional hires that would go to lower class sizes and, and some of the different uh, uh, transportation pieces um, that uh, we could improve and um, reduce um, people's um, activities fees for both uh, sports and um Uh, fine arts and so yeah we hope that that's the type of work that we're doing but if not we're going to go right back to um, work and and trying to uh, find different funding sources for this year and then potentially bring it back um, uh, for a longer campaign and uh, uh, work with uh, our community um, for the next year in hopes to potentially bring it back uh, next fall again.
0: All right lots more information available on the uh Uh, School District website, uh, monticello.k12.mn.us, and of course, um, I'm sure board members and yourself also available if people have questions, and uh, of course the big uh, election uh, on the 3rd of November, Um, but uh, in the meantime, I'm sure a lot of uh, voting will be done too. so Eric Olson, Monticello School Superintendent on the 2020 referendum in that district. Thank you for your time today, sir, and um, We will uh, continue to put some information out there for uh, people to make an educated decision.
1: Yeah, Tim, I I really appreciate uh, um, your time and and being able to be um, a a guest here uh, on your radio station. It means the world to me. Um, voting, obviously, is an integral part of our society, and uh, we just hope that everyone um, exercises that, goes to the polls and, and votes. And, and um, prior to doing that, if you haven't, if you haven't voted already, um, I would love to give you my um, phone number here because um, answering questions and being able to um, have a place to ask questions is really important. So if you can't make it to a, a coffee chat with me, um, you could call this number, 763-763. Um, 272 2001 And I can be the spokesperson for the board in, in hopes that um, I can get all your questions answered.
0: Okay, very good. 763-272-2001 directly to Superintendent Olson. Uh, we will chat again in the future, uh, not probably on this topic, but um, we'll, we'll get up to date on, uh, on other things that are happening in your district.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
0: Okay, thanks very much. There is today's Spotlight with Eric Olson, Monticello School Superintendent, here on KRWC.